Hi, it's Faya, and before we jump into a new episode of Neighbours, just wanted to let you know that the podcast is now available on Stitcher, stitcher.com, or get the app. It's available on all devices, so if you don't have iTunes, that's another great option. We'd love it as well if you could leave a review for us on Stitcher and on iTunes, preferably a good review, but hey, you do you, no judgment. Thanks, as always, for all your feedback, and enjoy the show. Meet the Kennedys at Lassiter's Hall at the Waterhole. Cup of tea at Harold Sonia's nursery for a stroll. It's time to neighbors. CJ Kayvaya. Let's get the neighbors. Hi, this is Neighbors, the Neighbors Recap Podcast. We are broadcasting from the brand new Pirate Net Studios. I'm Vaya. And I'm CJ. And I'm Kate. And I've picked up and relocated my apartment to a few blocks away and now we're in Lauren's back shed. And this is the first time we've got the gang back together. In the dugout, so to speak. Yeah, we're in the dugout. <laughs> Grab yourself some uh, homebrew <laughs> and settle in. Yeah, if it's any of the homebrew that's in here, it's going to be quite a toxic ride. <laughs> well, it's nice. It's Brad's um, or Drab's whistled up some furniture for us oh, as well. Oh, lovely. Which Piper did throw back to? Yeah, casting shade on his whistling. Uh, now, but let's just cleanse the palate. Let's just refresh. Because last time I jumped on the talking stick, I had a bee in my bonnet about neighbours handling mm-hmm. the consent plot mm-hmm. line mm-hmm. badly. And I, I, look, there's still a lot of – I've got some ill ill feeling, but you know what? We're just going to go past it today because we'll probably be holding on to that ill feeling for, yeah. for months or years to come. Especially with you, Kate. It's tarnished your view of Susan. Yes, definitely. She is on my shit list now, <laughs> so – it's, it's going to take – I actually don't know if she's able to get off my shit list at this stage. I don't think my favourite character really had a um, role in the story, so I'm feeling fine. Paul? Yeah. Yeah. He, <laughs> he's just going around sorting out his flame tree. Paul's honourable. So we're going to take it back to Monday the 12th of September. We're going to skip a whole bunch of stuff that we missed last week or the week before. New Leaf. And we start the week with a pigeon race. Yeah. Mm. I mean, what a way to start. Roll over ceramic chicken. We're off to a ceramic pigeon now. Did you just say ceramic chicken? Oh, God, what was it? Ceramic pig. <laughs> oh, man, I've, I've, it's been too long since we've neighbours. Um, surely a ceramic chicken is the next yeah, progression. Yeah. Why not? Mm. Okay, yeah. cat amongst the pigeons. There is a literal cat amongst the literal pigeons. On Friday night of the week before, mm-hmm. uh, Paul Robinson busted into the Willis house and took their cat, which, by the way, isn't really their cat. Well, and it was outside as well, which I'm pretty judgy to pipes about that the yep. cat was outside because I've got two cats inside only. Yeah, keep your cat inside, otherwise it's fair game. Mm. And then he, Robinsons. he broke into, so also break and entering, Paul broke into the canning house because where Gary's keeping a bunch of racing pigeons... Look, breaking he's, and entering is not a crime that Paul really considers. And it, he probably has the key for it. It's he his fa- family home. That's right. He's owned it for many years. He doesn't at the moment. Paul? The Canning House. That's the house he grew up in. I thought that was where the Willises live now. That's his house from when he was an adult. Oh. Um, well, they've changed the locks, surely. I think Paul's lived everywhere. I think he almost has. There yeah. was somebody, I think it's Steph actually now, who has now lived in every house in the street after she lived in the Brendan. The Brendan, by the way, which uh, my boyfriend walked into the room and was like, oh, they've set an episode in a log cabin. So, um, yeah, they've gone fully authentic. I, I, I just don't believe that he would have spent that much money on redecorating the Brendan, he being dull cop. 
No, no. well, he's pretty focused on the way things appear. Yeah. Rather than what's underneath. So, um, so a thin veneer, you're yeah. saying? That's what it is? Yeah. Uh, there's there's been a pigeon massacre, it's, basically. It's carnage. So Piper and Zancan start the week walking into wherever Gazcan's keeping his pigeons and it looks – essentially it seems like they're all dead. Yeah. But we find out it's just Snowflake and Buttercup that are dead, uh, Snowflake being the one that Carl just bought for 500 bucks. Yeah, and he wants his money back after this incident. Oh. I, I can't get enough of Carl and Susan when they're like – they were in that scene when yeah. they broke it. Like I love it when Susan's like, stop it, Carl, stop it, and he can't stop it. Like it's not part of his makeup. I, look, I think he has at least a claim towards half the price of the pigeon because he didn't even own it for, what, 24 hours, did Well, he? I don't think he was paying an adjustment fee because I think the oh, issue was okay. more of the adjustment rather than the <laughs> um, ownership of the pigeon. I did think it was a fair point when he said, can I at least have a cut of the prize money yeah. if you win? Well, he, look, I think he should have got at least 250 back on his $500 bird. But my favourite part was... Um, Pipes offering to pay for the funeral expenses. Oh. <laughs> I didn't notice I was like, that. Get yeah, a shovel and <laughs> tip it into your green bin. <laughs> we'll work and we'll, 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 end, we'll find out what ended up happening to the bodies of those pigeons. So the the whole thing is Lassiter's is hosting this pigeon race. Why not? High class hotels always host oh. animal races. From a marketing point of view, though, I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. <laughs> if I was marketing at Lassiter's, I would have gone for the pigeon race. Uh, and. <laughs> they because they had they had stalls like every cafe had a stall and they also had an arm wrestling booth which was called arm wrestling mania so it was like the bogan day out yeah yeah it just it's not on brand for Lassiter's to be involved like connected to like the most bogan sport aside from i don't know well greyhound racing Dishlickers. i think it is I potentially more bogan than than the Dishlickers. Probably is, but I just thought it was fantastic because as Therese said at some point is that the pigeon race had really sparked the imagination of Erinsborough and it did. The fact that we didn't even stalls to begin with is amazing Yeah, they had to imagine it because you couldn't see the pigeons. No, the pigeons weren't there. They weren't coming to Lassiter's. In fact, they all went back to Sheila's place for lunch to wait for the birds to fly back. Mm, To to hold other birds. But how did did old Lassiter's know to come back to the Canning's house rather than to old mate Dead Man's? Oh, yeah. So, okay, because so Lassiter's the bird. They call the bird Mm, Lassiter's. mm, Just to make things confusing. And, yeah, the pigeon's supposed to fly back to the Canning house but isn't the finish line at the Lassiter's Courtyard? No, it's, I think, unfortunately, I've learnt a bit about homing pigeons <laughs> since this. And it's only from watching Neighbours, I've gathered this, that all the pigeons, so they I think they were driven down to Geelong. I think there was a shout out to that. And then they had oh, to yeah. fly back to their home bases. South Australia. That's a long way for a bird to fly. It is, yeah. That's like an eight-hour drive to migrate. And it's not taking the red eye like Chaz. Yeah. <laughs> it's not on the overlander like Drab. <laughs> So they take into account the different locations of the different homes of Mm -hmm. said homing pigeons and then then they work it out from that. So they wouldn't have been able to tell from Lassiter's appearing at the Cannings that he won on the spot. Which is why Carl's bird couldn't go and live with him because it wouldn't have flown back to that place because he hadn't been there long enough. Good point. Are we going to talk about Steph at all or was that too last week? No, we'll get into Steph oh, because yeah. she, yeah, because at the end of this episode, was, she gets kidnapped. Yeah. So so we might bring that up. The but- my, my prayers were answered. Mm-hmm. Almost, almost. Yeah. The, the button to the end of this uh, pigeon race is that Sheila's cooking up a feast for the people waiting for the pigeon to come home mm. and then they're tucking in 
to a pie and then Toadie asks, what am I eating? It's gone all Sweeney Todd here. <laughs> Sheila's like, let's just call it a game pie. Oh. And she's baked the dead bodies of Buttercup and Snowflake into I don't think it does it work like tea. that. No, I mean, it doesn't no. work like that. That's you, not sanitary. You can't cook animals that weren't weren't killed in a hygienic way. Or necessarily lived in a hygienic way as well. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, there'd be cat bacteria. Oh, yeah. No, that, that's very wrong. So gross. So but I think she was actually just out to get Toadie and maybe her son. Because Toadie was tucking in. He was loving it. Yeah, he was all for it. So Carl, not so much. Uh, now, because everyone's gone to watch a pigeon race, it's like the Grand Prix, like a car race. You go yeah. to the car race, but you can't see the cars because they're doing it's laps. a lot quieter, though. <laughs> you know how sometimes on Neighbours, that when they don't want to play a song that they have to pay the rights to or whatever, and yeah. they have like fake things? Like Madison. Yeah. <laughs> so I felt like this was a representation of something that was really happening that they couldn't talk about. So it was like the Olympics, but they couldn't, they didn't want, do you know yeah. what I mean? Oh my so, God, you're right. Yeah. So I think that's why they had to do it. The other reason they had to do it is because it all sort of made us fall in love with Gary. Yeah. And it was, by the end no, of it. Okay. She's not in love with Gary. Well, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm half-hearted about Gary. It's because Sheila painted it as Gary's one achievement was that he'd bred, well, he'd adopted a successful Yeah, I did, pigeon. I did like him kind of cheering on the podium. That was yeah. kind of cute. So he won his, he won his $5,000 and Sheila was like, this is the, he's just come out of prison. So Sheila's like, my son's redeemed himself. He can raise an athletic bird. He can, he can pay off his indentured labor to, to Paul. I mean, look, you're living a sad existence if this is all it takes to redeem you. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's quite odd. Usually you have to race more than one pigeon. Oh, he did have three, but two of them died. But, like, my dad used to keep homing pigeons when I was a kid. Hang on. Yeah. How am I the expert on homing pigeons when you have it in your pigeon blood in your veins? I don't have pigeon blood. I was, firstly, I was five years old or maybe even four. And you didn't even ring him up for a voice memo on this? Um... Okay, I'll do it. If, okay, if I can, I'll call him up and try and get it and slot it in here right now in okay, the editing right, process. Okay, we'll so see how we pause. go. Vay's dad. Hello. Hi, Vay. Okay, bye bye. How long ago did you have pigeons? Like, how uh, old was I? Seven. He was six years old. Five. And how long did you have pigeons for? Three, four years. Wow, was it that long? I think so. How did you get them? Uh, I bought them from them from the market. One one pair. One pair. Yeah, and then uh, then uh, they multiply. <laughs> uh, how many did you end up with? Oh, I ended up having, uh, and then a friend of mine gave me another couple. I had about thirty, forty. How much would they have cost back then? It was only three, four dollars. Oh wow. It wasn't much. Did you train them? Yeah, initially, I had to take off their feathers from one side so they won't fly away. Ah. And then, once they get used to the place, and they light eggs, and they had offsprings, then they get used to the place. And they wouldn't fly away. They, they will fly, but they will come back. And their feathers grow back? Yeah. Okay, good. And so how far away would you release them? Oh, they were free. I would, oh, in the morning, I would open them up. I had a small, a small window, just enough to, to get out and in. And they were free to come in and out as they pleased. Sometimes they would go away to, to find food. But most of the times they were, they were at home. 
didn't on the you, roof of the house. Didn't you sometimes like go for a drive and leave them at the beach and then see how long it took? Uh, them? Only on a couple of occasions, so and they came back. I didn't go that far away. You know those those who train pigeons to go uh, kilometers away. And no, I didn't do that. I didn't have the those type of pigeons. You just had them for fun. I just had them for fun. And so I remember. I remember once uh, when I was a sailor, and we we were in the middle of the ocean. We were heading from from South America to to Europe, and there was a a cloudy and rainy day, and then I saw one pigeon. Uh, stopping on on the ship. I used to have pigeons when I was very young. Yeah. Uh, I was hoping to catch it and keep it <laughs> on the on the ship, but I wanted to somehow to save it, and I spent about half an hour approaching it in a in a, in a very very careful manner, and when I reached very close in to half a meter, I used to throw some food. And because he was hungry, he he would eat some bread that I was throwing. When I reached half a meter, I grabbed it, and I managed to to grab it, and I kept it for about a week in my cabin, in a box. For a week in the <laughs> in the navy. Yeah, well, on the ship. <laughs> I kept it for a week, and then when when we reached Holland, uh, in uh, Rotterdam. Rotterdam is a is a port, yeah. one of the biggest ports in Europe. When we reached Rotterdam, uh, I let it free, and I was looking when it was flying away. <gasps> it was a really a really moving experience, and he had he had he had some numbers on his uh, legs. Oh yeah, the serial numbers. Yeah, he had some serial numbers in one of the legs. I knew it, it was one of those specially trained pigeons. Yeah. It probably went back to South America. I don't know where it went, but I didn't keep the number. If I had, I kept the number, I would possibly find its origin. Oh uh, yeah. But I didn't think. I didn't think. But the main thing for me was at the time to save its life because it was raining and cloudy. Because of that weather, the the the, the pigeon had no other choice but to stop on the ship. Wow, you're like Noah. <laughs> Noah's yeah. Noah's Ark. Yeah. And you find a good Samaritan like me. <laughs> a sailor who wasn't working. Yeah, I, I was on I was on the at the back of the of the ship and I was doing something, I don't remember, and I saw the pigeon. Oh my god. It's like a, I was so excited. Yeah. I was so excited to see the, the pigeon. And then you came to Melbourne and they were selling them at the Vic Markets. Yeah, and then I came to Melbourne and uh, uh because from very young, I loved pigeons, and I loved animals in general. But pigeons, somehow, I had a, a love for them. You know? Oh wow! And your friends that you knew that trained pigeons, did they do it competitively, like for money? Back home, they used to, no, they used to fly them and look at them up on the sky and enjoy when they came back diving. That's what they they loved yeah. looking at them. They loved looking at them, not competing. There is competitions here. I know there are some yeah. people that compete, but I, I, I didn't belong to that category, you know. Yeah. I didn't compete. I didn't participate in those. Um... Oh, maybe you still can. <laughs> yeah, 
I, I was enjoying flying them and looking at them up in the sky and then coming down on a dive fashion, the same way as the hawks dive to yeah. catch a prey. Same way, they, they, that speed they used to come down. <laughs> All right, thanks, Baba. I appreciate it. Okay. No worries. That was my dad, Tony Pashos. And I guess we've all learnt today that my dad is Gary Canning. Back to past Vaya. I actually think we're never going to hear of pigeons again. Really? Yeah. Well, there's only one left and I think he'll, maybe he'll just escape. Gary might eat it. Like, you know, like Dahl escaped and then they were looking at every galah. Or maybe um, Sheila's pigeon pie will be doing a roaring trade and so she'll just have to slaughter them all. But my point was that I thought that pigeon fanciers raised a whole flock of them. Not just one at a time. That's not very good odds well, if you're trying to win. It's not like a racehorse. It's not like they cost hundreds of thousands <laughs> of dollars. <laughs> you could just go and kidnap one from the park. Let's all buy a feather. Which is what Susan wanted to do. She wanted to just go yeah. down to the lake yeah. and get a pigeon and sell it to her husband for $500. <laughs> uh, uh, the, uh, so the weird thing is, though, is that every all of the town's gone to watch this pigeon race from the sky and no one's gone to Paul's restaurant opening of the Flame Tree Outdoor Motel Dive Restaurant. Paul, you only invited your neighbours? What's yeah. going on? He should have like bloody invited all of the real housewives of Melbourne or something. If he's trying to make this Michelin star restaurant yeah. a, a thing, you get some renter celebrities. Exactly. Any, In fact, former neighbours stars, they'll all be yeah. there. Look, this happens on neighbours all the time. People have a birthday party and they only invite their closest mm. neighbours. They don't invite their family oh. or their friends or anything. People get married and they invite like their rando neighbours to be their best men, mm. a la Drab. Oh, so Drab, by the way, yeah, he's engaged and he's asked Carl, no, not Carl, Toadie and who's the other schmuck he's asked to be his groomsman? Isn't it Carl? I can't remember. I'm, I'm so disinterested and his, in that. And, and his son, yeah. who's just hit on his to be best man. fiancé. Uh, right, moving away from the pigeons, we meet... So my favourite character, obviously, Ned mm-hmm. Willis, has shacked up with Ellie, Susan's niece, Jodie Canasta. Yep, he's quick on things, Ned. Yeah, they um, hooked up in a shag and wagon, and now he's being pursued by a gangster mole, a legit gangster mole, mm. who he said, I can't mention her to anyone because she was married. I'm like, well, also you can't mention her to anyone because she's in the underworld Yeah. Mm. Now... Somebody raised a question. Do you think she's related to, do you think she's married to that rough chap who hangs around? Jacka? Yes. Yeah, I really thought D'Amato was going to come out for this. I, f- I feel D'Amato would have like a really glamorous Madeline West style girlfriend just like <gasps> like on Underbelly. Well, yeah. no, because D'Amato was with um, Michelle. Yeah, and she's, and she's beautiful. beautiful. But, but, but that would have been his bit on the side. He would have had like a proper uh, girlfriend. So it would have gone oh. old frumpy wife that we never see. Then it would have gone a hot, hot girlfriend who's a classy lady, Madeline Westar. Mm. And then it would have just been his, like, younger, even younger, mm. hot hoe, which was Michelle. Okay. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. So he's cheating on the woman he's cheating on, you know. The... Yeah, because the wife would have been someone of the from, same from age. From his 20s. So yeah. This, yeah. this gangster mole, she doesn't look very old to be a gangster mole. No, she, she, but maybe she's the, a girlfriend. I think she's Jacka. Jackers. Jackers. Okay. So she looks a bit rough. Yeah. Mm. And what was she doing in New South Wales? I'm confused. Um, oh, probably up in um, Byron. There's <laughs> probably some sort of like drug trade going on. Oh, and so dull cop Brennan, who is on like sick leave because he got beaten up by a snake handler. Oh, and he was suspended as well. Yeah. He uh, He's taken it upon himself to investigate 
Ned, he's like, he's a tattooist. What do we know about him? I'm like, well. And he just said it out of nowhere. Like Steph was talking about how they got to go and get milk down at the shops. And he went, what do we know about him anyway? And she was like, what are you he's, he's not dairy intolerant. <laughs> if he, he's the kind of cop who is going to investigate everyone with a tattoo, then yeah. he's not. He's going to be doing 24-hour well, shifts. should have been bloody red alerts going out about Paige and her massive crappy tattoo. <laughs> Uh, which, but, which actually, while Ned's in town, he should really fix up his sister's oh, tat. Oh, jeez. I'll tell you what, that's that's a bloody skin graft to get rid of that thing. <laughs> Is that a real tat? Yes. Oh, okay. It's terrible. Yeah. Sorry, Olympia. You are Neighbours' official Logies candidate, but yeah. And also, well, I guess they must airbrush that out of her lingerie contracts, mm. surely. Oh, there's, oh, a, there's a lot of Photoshop going on there. Going back to, like, dull cop, yeah. has he accused anybody accurately of being a criminal this year? <laughs> It's not part of his job description. Mainly he just walks around. He's just got vendettas. It's it's very on trend with, um, well, with podcasts and true crime shows at the moment. It's all about. Bent cops. Yeah. And accusing the wrong, wrongfully accused. Mm. And that's exactly what dull cops are doing. Neighbours is probably setting, paving the way Mm -hmm. for someone to come in and do a a podcast or a a mini series on Erinsborough police force just I, stitching up the wrong person i just want a bloody royal commission into the erinsborough police that there, there is not one like even when they have legit criminals they're like oh no don't press charges against mr rapey no 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 but well, speaking of mr rapey there's mr snakey snakey, oh, snakey. snake handler with a vendetta against steph by the way excellent weapon of choice <laughs> It's just, it's wonderful. Like that he, like when he broke into Steph's house, he, which he, we're going to talk he, about. He, he yeah. brought his own BYO bag of snakes. But like, at what point? Why didn't you say there's a bag of snakes? I'm just going to run. Yeah, run. Because <laughs> yeah. he has to unknot the drawstring. Yeah, undo the bag. Takes takes some time. Yeah, it's and her, say some prayers and stuff. It's her it was, own house. Yeah. It's her own house. She could have just run into the laundry and locked the door or something. Exactly. But no. actually, I, I did some art of him as the crazy cat lady from The Simpsons. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's just flinging snakes. <laughs> Which, well, that's yeah, that's when you're going to break and enter. Don't worry about a knife or a gun or a baseball bat. Just live reptiles. But well, I just did he just do a bit of hunting gathering? On, on his way back from the nut house? No, the, yeah, actually, because he wouldn't have access to his old snakes, would he, he? He's found a bag. He's found a drawstring bag and, and he's found some snakes. snakes. That's yeah. actually, UK viewers, that is harder than you'd think to find a snake. <laughs> yeah, I'd have to go to the aquarium or, or the, the zoo. zoo. Yeah, 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 and just actually you know, break into an enclosure. <laughs> well, he is a snake handler as a part-time job or something. So maybe he went to like a farm. At the sanctuary where he works. Yeah, yeah, but he was the only snake guy at the sanctuary and he took all his snakes with him, remember? Well, he must have a mate. Maybe he's snakes. got a hidden snake cage. I love that he has no crates. He just carries them all around in sacks. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he's busted in and tied up Steph. It was at this point, everyone's having a lovely time at the pigeon race or whatever, just not being there. And no one notices that she's gone. Also because cut two the concert, the post pigeon race gig that Madison's been booked to sing, Madison Robinson, Paul Robinson's niece. Concert. <laughs> it was just a gig at the Waterhole, and I'm so confused as to Adam. Le- Adam, Aaron down the mines later in the week was saying, "Oh, it's been your dream to be a singer." I'm like, "No." Was her dream to be a journalist? Yeah, and then she got fired from her cadetship, and then got a very cushy job with Tarage. And I'm telling you what. 
it takes a lot of work to become a journalist and it takes a lot of work to become a singer. This girl just flip-flops around anywhere and becomes anything she wants. And it's I guess very annoying. It is an adequate reflection on society because she's very symmetrical. So those t- types of people do tend to – things opportunities fall but into their laps. She's She deferred first-year uni, didn't she? So she's probably just 18 as well. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I, when she first joined, I thought she was 20 or 21, but she does seem very young. Yeah, yeah so Ben starts serenading Xanthi. Well, yes, yeah. so oh, yeah. Xanthi had it in her head that the Madison s- and Ben were hooking up, but really they were just collaborating on a musical arrangement. Oh, and there were so many like innuendos in that yes. as well. Oh, let's go to the bedroom. Oh, I've never done it with anyone else before. Ooh. Yeah, it was play <laughs> guitar. Was, which is as wrong as Tyler and um, Pipes. So he launches into this song that he's written for her. In what I observed online was perceived as a very Cockney slash Ocker singing accent. Oh. Well, I actually thought he was um, his voice was far superior to Madison's. The thing is, I've said it before, Madison's got a very pop voice. Like, mm. you could hear her on a... But something with a lot of synth in it. And yeah. Yeah, like, oh, look. DJ, I mean... DJ Sammy, we're in heaven. Do you know... <laughs> yeah. She's the kind of person that's only famous if she was on a reality show before. Yes. Her. Yeah, mm. that's that's what she is. And so she's, she's she's got it all set. That could be the perfect career path. They could have put her in a reality show and then she could have come out and done mm. this charity single afterwards. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what we need to do. Okay, so we end Monday with Xanthi. Zancan finally sat down, heard the song Ben wrote for her and then immediately was like, we're all forgiven. I don't need to worry about the fact that you hooked up with the, the my bully. He probably knocked her up. Yeah, what well, they said, it never went that far. Um, Mate, we've all seen your wang on the internet, bruh. We look. <laughs> don't try and bullshit us on these. You, you whip it out at any chance. I think you know. Like, how old is Anthe? Sixteen. So she's she's quite naive. Not many sixteen-year-olds have the sexual confidence to run up to a stage and kiss a guy and say, "Kiss me, you fool!" In front of grandma and dad. Exactly. She, she does yeah. have the confidence to wear like the world's ugliest jumper, though, while she, she's doing it. I love her little jumpers. It's, it's yeah. a muppet. She's wearing a muppet. I know. I, I, look, I enjoy I enjoy her clothes because I feel like she's like me. She's just doing whatever the hell she wants. And which I, I love. think she's a good representation of a sixteen-year-old. Just mm. bright mm. colours and like. Did you see that furry thing she was wearing? That was disgusting. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, but she loved it. She does her. And I like her style better than Piper's style, although fixing Piper a bit. When Piper first rolled in with her Nirvana T-shirts or whatever, something weird was going on, mm. but they've fixed her. <laughs> um, I would have done that. I would have run up to the stage to kiss the guy, yeah. but would have fallen over halfway through. Like, like I think, you know, look, I think it was perhaps a little bit experienced love-wise for yes. her to have done that. I think there was a bit yes. of a stretch. And also you know? it's kind of that whole thing that bugs me when TV shows are portraying teenagers mm. When I was growing up, I would have dreamt of that moment, but mm. that never that moment never came. It would have been, I you oh. would have been sitting there scarlet, going, oh my but god! But also, it wouldn't have a guy wouldn't have played a song for me. It would be like I would have wanted that to happen. Are you saying things on Neighbours aren't realistic? <laughs> Drop the mic here, Vaya. Um, I had a guy sing a song for me once. What? See, um, it was Jewel. Um, no. I can't. That will say the song. Yeah. <laughs> But I didn't like him at all. Yeah, right? yeah, that's awkward. So these are the trade-offs, right? Yeah. If you get it, you didn't like him at all and it was just at his house and other people were there. Yeah. So it wasn't at a pub. Oh, yeah, you're right, actually, because there were a lot of our mates in high school were musos, yeah. so we would sit around and have jam sessions. That's totally what would have happened. Yeah. Not, not at the middle of a Was pub. it Foolish Games or whatever it was? No, this. No, it might have been Foolish Games. I can't is remember. It, is that Foolish it, Games or is that The, the idea Isaac? of the song was that he liked me and I didn't like him much. 
So, so would it be a foolish game? At least games? you could have chosen someone, something from a man's perspective that would have been. Slow. I think it's because I like. The I song. could never be your woman. I mm-hmm. know oh, that's the other way. <laughs> sure. But anyway, look, he has a child. He lives in the UK. He might watch Neighbours now. Yeah. Who knows? Steph's been Steph napped, and we know that the snake, Snakey McGee's on the loose because they, the police department sent a fax. Do they send a fax to Dullcop's house? Oh, they, no. Okay, so Dullcop was sitting in the pub on Monday's episode and mm. just basically ignoring his calls from work. He's a cop. You think he would actually just answer the, the call from the station? Or listen to the voicemail if... if yeah. If, he didn't if, say it. He was talking to Sonia about having no, kids. No, he, he picked up his phone and he's like, yeah, I'll call him back. It oh. won't be important. It said the police station. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and also someone on Twitter picked up that the police station was marked as under home on his contacts. Oh. And, and he, they think he's just so anal that he would have it under office, not under home. Yeah, yeah good call. Totally yeah. good call. Yeah, yeah. Um, so bag of snakes, man. Snakey. Steph. Snakey. Yes. Um, look, I thought I was pretty excited because, you know, unmissable moments like this are just happening all the time. So it was pretty exciting. I mean, kidnapping would normally be like a peak of a season. It would be. I'm starting to just... I've, it's all become a bit unraveled for me. It's I, I don't know. It's this new style of storytelling that yeah. they're doing, where they're going too much drama. They're playing to these big beats. They, they it's like they've got the whiteboard and they're going right. Paige rejected on her wedding day, arrested on her wedding day. We've got Lassiter's explosion. We've mm. got Zancan felt up in a hotel room. We've got, and they played these big. And then there's guy releases snakes on the street, and the guy reveals he's a priest to Paige, and then they decide how are we going to fill in all this stuff? And, and don't that, worry, that Paige is a boxer. <laughs> Page oh, knocked out, and then they don't care about any oh, of the stuff in the middle and the snake, connecting the it. Snake guys, we really religious too, just to tie in the oh. priest. But you know, like we often laugh on Twitter about hashtag unmissable drama. Mm. Like we we tend to hashtag that when it is the terrible storylines. But now with all these terrible dramas in it, it's kind of become hashtag unwatchable drama. Yeah, hashtag unwatchable drama. I think the thing is, is we now know why Jimmy had to get hit by the car. <laughs> Yeah, um, but that at least because yeah. at that time we were like, why, why? Well, also, no, just, just for shits and giggles, really. Yeah, yeah, there was no reason. And also, I'd like to put out a missing persons case for Jimmy. Yes, where yeah. is he? Where is he? Light a candle. Well, by the end of the week, it says they were going to the Blue Mountains to visit Nini. Uh, mm. Oh yeah, but I don't know where he was before. We, that. We've seen him once in about a month, and that was at the time when old mate Charlie nearly got kidnapped or did get kidnapped. Mm. That was remember, that same episode. And remember he wound up in the bin? It's just, I feel like this has been five years worth of plot in one year. Mm. Oh, yeah, it has. Maybe these writers just really need to get a few things out and then they can move faster. What, what worries me about it is it feels like a bit of an extinction burst from them that they're like, all right, we're in a bit of trouble. Let's just throw every single storyline we can think of into this season. Yeah, and they're probably getting junior writers, like, whatever you got, guys. Put, put a kid in a bin, let's go. Yeah. Throw it at us. Some 21-year-old um, uni students yeah. got up and got, what if we take snakes, <laughs> put them on the street? There was this fun movie I saw. Get them. <laughs> Get your mother flipping snakes out of my mother flipping <laughs> cul-de-sac. But, you know, good on that writer because they weren't going to get that storyline on TV otherwise. Yeah. But they're just going, I can't believe that went through. But yeah. something's going on with their whiteboard. It's really, yeah, Paige, it, Paige is going to be a boxer and no no thought into how that's going to happen. Just bang, one day she's a yeah. boxer. Yeah. And it, without actually having fought anybody, she's now in a fight. Yeah. Well, that being true, they have changed the opener of Neighbours where she's in boxing gloves all the time. Oh. So and so, I think that was part of it because now that's part of her storyline. That's yeah. part of her now. She's a boxer. And why couldn't they have figured that out when she went to uni? Instead of at o, o week at uni, she should have gone, you know what, I'm not feeling any of this. Oh. I might go and do a boxing course. 
Yeah. She could have gone and done the PT course at Is that actually... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. People in Melbourne are the only people that get that. It's like constant radio <laughs> ads to become a personal trainer. With the Sage Institute of, of whatever <laughs> of it is. Personal trainers. So when Snakey put Steph in the car... He blindfolded her. Mm. Okay, fair enough. Taking her to a mystery location. Yes, yep. Oprah always says never let them take you to the second oh, location. Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah. I would have been running that stage. Mm. Snake bite or not, at least I would have got at least five metres away into my neighbour's house. She's been in prison and he's a weedy little guy. Yeah. Mm. How could she not take him she, on? She used to hang out with bikies. Surely she's learnt something about shanking someone somewhere. Mm. But, um, but she felt for him because remember how she said, me and you were the same. We got put in the same place. Cray, cray. Like, yeah, yeah. Which but, I thought was going to work for a while. She was doing full Olivia Benson um, yeah, yeah. Empathy. hostage negotiation. She really was. What? Well, he blindfolded her to take her to the old Pirate Net Studios. Yeah, he, here. He brought her in here, blew up Blaze. Uh, the issue, why, why bother yeah. blindfolding her at that stage? <laughs> That's true. She knows where that is. And it's only around the corner. Like She's like, okay, we've taken two lefts and a right, so we okay. must be. We're either at the men's shed or. Or we're at um, Everything's Anonymous. Oh, it, it smells like ground coffee in here. <laughs> I am. Um, oh, and B.O. Oh, yeah. So I've got a real problem with Blaze. I really needed to stop being in neighbor storylines. It really bothers me. But anyway. Um, no, what's your problem with it? My problem is it shouldn't exist because what's his face, Brad, Brad. shouldn't be doing this job. No. Because he has a job. And yeah. also they're in like a very, I'd say, up, upper middle class suburb. Mm. How, why are there so many disaffected youths? Yeah. There? And if it's co-run by the church, why not just have it in a church hall? And yeah. also, like, they've got now got a logo, gym. they've got sign writing out the front. Look, it's charities like this that give real charities a bad name. Yeah, they've spent a lot of money on marketing. Yeah, they have. And they've probably got a Facebook page. Who knows? And <laughs> it really bothers me. I don't know why. Hmm. Because it's bullshit. That's yeah, why it bothers bullshit. me. Because this guy, he's not a youth worker. No. He's no. not a counsellor. He's a PE teacher and a surfer. What? You know what? If the priest guy had bought this in as part of a storyline, hmm. I'd probably be okay me with too, it. Me too. Me yeah, too. Yeah. The fact that Brad had to do it for citizen over the year campaigns. Yeah. And and he could be pushing a bit of, you know, Catholic agenda as well. You know, talking about mm. going to World Youth Day or something like that. Mm. Like where there would be some sort of Catholic organisation for, for young people that could have... And the, fact, with this. and the fact that Drab was running Blazing Saddles using just a school oval and some outdoor PE equipment. <laughs> Death march. <laughs> oh, it's terrible. But on the Steph Stank situation, one thing that really upset me about the priest, which made me like this was the turning of the corner of I can't like this guy anymore. When they first went to the house and it was clearly a crime scene, mm. remember how the cop goes, da, 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 anything, yeah. um, he said, oh, I'm sure it'll be all right. Like, he really didn't care. Father Doe. Yeah. And because then he did touch oh. something. Yeah. Well, look, no, I had that same apathy about <laughs> Steph's face. I'm like, oh, well, quick mess this up. But he's a priest. <laughs> because if it really was a crime scene, <laughs> half the squad should be over there. Also, it's not a homicide. Like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm just still yeah. echoes of outrage within me that how much attention this staff bullshit got that Zancan didn't get. Exactly. Actually, you're right. I know, but we're going to move on. Yeah, I know. We have to move on. But it's still lingering and simmering it's still, within me. It's still raw. It still yeah. hurts. Yeah. That Zancan's not. There's, we don't have no justice, justice for Zancan. No. Hashtag justice for Zancan. Staff, meanwhile, is trying to talk down Snakey. He. It, the, the, my problem with Father Doe in this episode is that he swans on into the canning house and goes, "Anyone seen my keys? Oh, I must have left them hanging up at the church." 
Another dark day for the church. Yeah, actually it's had a lot of dark days. <laughs> and it's had a few. And I'll have a few more with guys like this running it. He just leaves without locking the door. And he's so casual you about it. You can't tell me that he hasn't got a massive pocket in his bloody priest robe either. No, nah, look, he's not good at his job. He's not good at being an adult. He's not good at anything. Chuck a key ring next to the crucifix and just <laughs> dangle your keys there too. What? I've just moved in around the corner from a church and I should actually investigate. Can you just walk in any time of day? Or I, do they, I do think they you could. I, yeah, I, I think it's actually maybe not a law, but a, like a Catholic law that they have to be open. Actually, Is it supervised can, though? Can we page um, Jus de Fruit and, and who, who else was it? Father, no, not Father Bananas. They're not, they're not actually a father. Father Bananas is not ordained and we have a treat from her at the very end of Ooh. this podcast. She sent us in something brilliant. Uh, Father, I was going to say Father O'Leary, but that's just... Our, our, our other lovely... Our other priest. Our actual father following us. Is your church unlocked? Isn't it just meant to be like a sanctuary? I don't know. And, anyway, you, and uh, if you're going to leave your church unlocked, it's good. Someone's got to be there. But oh, No, I don't even think that's true, but mm. the office would be locked. Yeah, okay. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure the office would be locked. Anyway, then the Father Doe's putting in all of his detective skills because he says, hang on a minute, he's got my keys... And he's not at the church. He must be at Blazing Saddles. And the fact that Mark needed someone else to point out to him. Oh, hang on. Dull cop didn't even realise his own car was stolen. (laughs) (laughs) As as his name implies, he is not the sharpest tool in the shed. Yeah, that's right. Because who said but he does have a garage? Who, 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 it, was, it was Gascan. Gascan said, oh, yeah, I saw your car being driven away, wasn't it? Yeah. I saw a crazy snake man driving a car and thought nothing of it. And your girlfriend was tied up blindfolded in the back. <laughs> Just oh thought you were into some weird shit, mate. But that's okay. So, Each to their own. Another thing I loved about Snakey is that he took the candles from the Brendan and back over to the Blazing Saddles and yeah. li- relit yes, them. Yes, yes, because no. I actually tweeted. I was like, woohoo, it's the Erinsborough Witch Trials. <laughs> it was getting I think, old school. I think they just they needed ways to really illustrate that he was crazy and, yeah. like, doing that. Like, you wouldn't do that. But imagine just... if they just had the standard um, Blazing Saddles lighting there, pop the fluoros on, oh, yeah, look, there's the treadmill. It's not really as threatening. It, it, no, no, him, Snakey looked like he was setting up for a Madonna video clip. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, but the poor guy he thought the, the crucifix with the snakes yes. with the candles. <laughs> and the crying. Oh. oh, look, it was no good. So he got bitten by his own snake. Yeah, look. I mean, that's the risk you take when your weapon of choice I think is live venomous snakes. As a side note here, did anyone else find Snakey strangely attractive? No. No. I, I, nearly he... did, I nearly did a spit take. No, that, that was just you, Kate. No, no, no. <laughs> He's he's they've given him a bad hair, but he's he's a little bit Dr. Patrick from Offspring. No. Yes. Uh, well, maybe distant cousin. It needs to get in the gym a bit. Like Blaze was probably the right place. Yeah, for but him they're to go. they're like just always bunging him in the khaki shirts and that, which are yeah. never flattering. He needs to beef up. There wouldn't have been a good gym facilities at the psych ward. Mm-hmm. But also, he wouldn't have played a good weird snake man if he was too buff. No, and actually, no. doesn't doesn't he follow you now on the twitters? Oh, no, he, he got a bit involved. He, I was tweeting about Neighbours' most heinous character ever and Snakey thought I was talking about him. Oh. I wasn't mm-hmm. talking about him. He was quite proud. He was like, yes. And I, and I was like, no, no, I was talking about Creeper, Cooper. Oh, yeah. Uh, the sexual predator. But um, It's okay, mate. You're just crazy, not a rapist. But also my latest most heinous character is Ellie. So there's quite a few heinous characters roaming around the street. I, okay, when we get to Ellie, I'll okay. discuss my opinions on Ellie. 
cool because I, I, I ain't got time. No one's got time. I ain't got time. Actually, let's talk about it now because we've moved on. Snake's bit Ari. Steph's fine. <laughs> we ain't got time, but we do. Let's do it. <laughs> Uh, I've called Mark Esme Watson from a country practice because he's a little busy. <laughs> he's a little busybody. Can he leave people to have whatever relationships they want to have? Yeah, look- he, he's cruising for a punch in the nuts. <laughs> you know, often when people don't have an exciting enough life of their own, they need to create things like this. And obviously, him and his girlfriend—they got no chemistry, got nothing happening. So that he's just going off finding things. So he's told. Firstly, he's told Ellie, are you sure about the kind of guy you're shacking up with? And she's like, well, I don't really care, but thanks, mate. But also, like, why is he invested in Ellie? Like, they've known each other a week now. Like, get over it. Yeah, any normal person would go, hey, did you hear the the chick next door is going out with a guy who's doing the dirty? Did you hear the new teacher that dresses like she's not a teacher? (laughs) Is um actually hooking up with blah blah. He's hooking up with blah blah. That's all that would happen. I, I was messaging Vaya this week, and we we're discussing dull cop. And this was my quote, which was, "He just needs to die. His lack of charisma has overridden his attractiveness." And that's mm-hmm. actually a great point. When we can tolerate blandness. Oh look, Aaron. Madison. Aaron. She. He's. He's had some terrible storylines. Yeah. But he's still quite attractive. You've got to be bringing for the eye candy. You've got to be bringing something to the table, and if. If you're no longer bringing anything, he just any bring, content he to the brings table, everything down. You just there's only so much your model, your well, model good looks are going to take you. The implausible relationship with staff is kind of like the final nail in his coffin. And I actually was alright with their relationship until he got on couch time and started talking about how he didn't even buy the relationship. Oh, really? He was I like, oh, it. I don't know if they're suited. I'm like, mate, at least wait till the story. The writers have broken you up. <laughs> had chemistry with Kate though didn't he no, no don't we're no. not discussing this issue no. it's never gonna be <laughs> coming and I'd just like to point out that Kate is dead and a dagger was put through her her heart and she's never coming back and more importantly Ashley Brewer doesn't want to come back to Erinsborough she's happy In with her LA. sweet sweet bold and beautiful cash speaking of people who are dead that might come back Oh, no, no, uh, we'll leave that to the end. Okay, well, that's a treat. Student, All right, well, there's yeah. a teaser. We're going to talk about that later. That is a, yeah, that is epic. That's made our week and we'll get, we definitely will get yeah. to it. Now, let's, we just touch on quickly the fact that there was a uh, pigeon doping scandal set to rock yeah. Erinsborough. Oh, man. The the board, which, by the way, there was a weird, did you see that weird looking pigeon fancier at the finish line of the, oh, yes, it was he looked funny. like, an, he, he was looked, perfect. He looked like he was Dickie Knee, but a grown up real life <laughs> version. I, I missed it. Um, yeah, so doping scandal. So what happened? They found paracetamol oh, no. in the belly of the pigeon that yeah. Gaz Can had raced. But how did they do that? Was it like a poo test, a blood test? <laughs> there was no scene when they all went in and peed in cups, was there? How do you get like a urine sample from a pigeon? Uh, they didn't. Co- they didn't answer this question. They didn't cover off yeah, any of that. My dad <laughs> never first, don't. Didn't so pro- you don't know. Also, he didn't professionally raise a bit of ouzo, He didn't but... professionally raise the pigeons. He didn't. Yeah, he just he just used to let them go and come back, and it was a nice drive back from the beach. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> but so I don't know. But but yeah, as Kenny Young said, pigeon doping scandal unmissable drama yeah actually my favorite line from that episode was when the cannings were all sitting around talking about the pigeons and then mark runs in and he goes has any of you guys seen steph and they went 
no, why? And he goes, I'll explain later. And he runs out. And my boyfriend was in the room at the time. And I turned to him and I'm like, how long does it take to say she's, she's missing? <laughs> Have you seen her? End, end of explanation. Yeah. I mean, they're going, oh, um, yeah, I, I just need to, you know, get a phone off her or something. Or, you know, leans on the line. <laughs> that could have been like an, an answer as well. That could have been like, they're like, oh, well, it's clearly not important. But I, she's, she's missing. I don't know where she is. Yeah. Is enough of an explanation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Wednesday, the 14th of September. We have to get to the foxy boxing that's mm-hmm. about to yeah. happen. Mm-hmm. Girl fight. Now, before mm-hmm. that, to Rage and Paul are having some awesome tete-a-tetes lately. Mm. It is the longest S- neighbours foreplay ever. Slow burn. Everything they say to each other is innuendo. Mm-hmm. Starting from the fuse box from a few mm. weeks ago. Paul's good with his hands. Mm-hmm. He wanted to have a look at her box. It was just... It is great. He was on couch time recently and I was really upset by it. I, you guys Why? are just fully loving couch time. Actually, I'm not, actually, I've been turning it off recently. Like as soon as the credits finish, I'm like, bang, I off. Think, I think I just can't be getting up. I feed my son at, this, at that time. Uh-huh. And so if it keeps mm. going, it keeps going. <laughs> so he was on and I really think of, of Paul, the character, as, as your, your husband. Man. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's my husband. Oh, he, he's a bit goofier. He's, he's a, a bit goofier. Oh. And, like, you know, all, it's fine that he has his own personality, but I wanted him to be Paul. <laughs> I was upset by it. But anyway, so Paul and Tarade, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's great. And it's practically happening right now in front of our very eyes. But Gaz Can keeps asking Tarade out. Yeah. So I think that Gaz Can probably is also good with his hands, but I think Paul would be better with his hands. Yeah, I just I feel like Tarage is throwing I Gaz. That, I don't think Gaz Can's had sex in about sixteen years. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> ever since like they conceived Xanthi, and I think that would have been because they were both drunk. I don't think he's um, he doesn't strike me as the most skilled looking man. But using his hands, he's probably done a bit. Well, look, his son is a handyman, but <laughs> I don't know about him. Yeah, no, I think no, but I think the thing is, is that Gaz Can would be working really hard. To please Therese, whereas Paul would be in the bedroom with himself and it would be fine that Therese was there. I don't know. Paul, Paul's got a needy side, though. Yeah. He's, that desperation side. It's the side of him that made him um, try and keep Rebecca even after she tried to kill him. Yeah, that's true. I don't like thinking about them in the bedroom. <laughs> but I think it's really exciting because when we don't have much chemistry between lovers and neighbours, but we've got we've got two lots of chemistry here because she actually has chemistry with both she Paul does. and Gary. No, she doesn't have it with Gary. Not, not with no, Gary. With Gary. She no. Does. no. No, no she doesn't. She's treating him like a lost dog. She's like, come yeah. on, come here, <laughs> he's, and I'll, he's I'll, a little—he's a bit special needs. I come think. in here. Like, you can hang out with me. It's all right. Yeah, come on, guys. I'll You're feed the- you my leftover takeaway with all the trimmings, and that's it. All right. Well, I'm just—I just, I, I just about- think she is desperate. That's why she's going on these dates. It's because of you know draws and their impending nuptials. She's <laughs> she's trying to Seriously? create something out of nothing, even why though she can get it. Why can't someone just be engaged for a bit on Neighbours? Yeah, they haven't even said, they like, uh, will you marry me? Yes, tomorrow. Let's start planning the wedding. Bang. They didn't even have an engagement party, send, save the date cards out, nothing. Well, there's only going to be, what, 10 people there it's and true, they all live true. on the same and street. none of her kids are going to come. <sighs> and well, I wouldn't. And none of his imagine siblings. That, imagine if you were about to get drab as your bloody stepdad. You'd be like, mum, this is the biggest mistake of your life. I cannot condone it. Paige will be there. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> 
it'll be some hastily thrown together. Our venue's fallen through. Our flights have been cancelled. <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be in the annex of the bloody combi. Or um, old mate, Father Doe will be like, come around to the church and I'll marry you. Yeah, you're, you're making a mockery of marriage. <laughs> That's what he'll be like. No, it's Suze. Suze will have to marry them, I actually. Yeah. Now, boxy boxing. Oh, Paige has idea. done her short course, her TAFE course in boxing, her Sage Institute of Boxing course. A Paige Institute. <laughs> she did it online. She didn't do any of the um, physical components. Oh, no. Can we just clear up here? She's never actually fought anybody. Like the only person she's kind of fought was the guy who accidentally popped her in the face. Mm. And from that, she's decided to source one of the, the highest level boxers in the area. So she's going to fight this woman and Aaron's her manager and he's hooked it up because apparently he has skills at being a manager, which I have a lot of problems with. And Tyler's involved somehow. If if somebody needs to do a TAFE course, it's Aaron because he he dropped the ball on so many issues. Mm -hmm. Firstly, the fact that he didn't give her an out in her contract unless he pays $12,000. Yeah. Ridiculous. And did anyone pick up posters that have been around the traps for this yeah. week uh, talking about the... Um, Girl fight. Girl fight, yeah. A- Angelina Johnson versus Paige Smith. But I thought it was hilarious because Paige has never fought anyone and she's getting posters. She's done a lot she's of that. She's hot. That's yeah, the she thing. Is hot typically, typically it's um, Paige versus hot pink boxing bag. Mm-hmm. That's all we usually get. The other thing I think is great was amazing casting because the girl that plays Angelina is a real boxer, is a mm-hmm. professional boxer yeah. and actor. Amazing combo. And I thought she was great and I was frightened of her. Mm. And that yeah, was she very... was a bit scary, wasn't it? And especially when they do dressing room intimidation. It felt to me like backstage at a dancing concert. <laughs> I just saw that and I thought, Paige, what the hell? Just get a bit of spine, will you? And just like she didn't even have any trash talk, you know. No. Nah. If somebody said that to me, I'm not like a fighter or really an aggressive person at all, but I would have been at least a smart ass back to them. Yeah. You can't be like vulnerable like that going into a fight. No, it's definitely not in, a good game. In plan. fact, backstage at a dancing concert is even more brutal. I, mm. And I think it would be even more brutal than real boxing. Mm. But this wasn't real boxing, it was Paige fighting a real boxer. It was, it was actually it was Paige getting the, the shit punched out of her, basically. It was, until one final beat. She land, finally yeah. landed a punch, and that was after the woman had an aneurysm. Yeah. And I <laughs> thought, actually, she. I, yeah, I was even expecting her to be feel a little bit victorious mm-hmm. for a second, but she straight away was like, oh, no, I hit that lady. Mm. <laughs> yes, hun, you boxed. I'm sorry. I remember when Lassiter's blew up and Paige's oh, yeah. brother died. That was this year. Yeah, just a few weeks ago, really. Um, and Paige made that somehow about her and her connection with someone in a coma. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, this boxing fight happens. The woman <laughs> has an aneurysm and Paige makes it about her. Yes. She goes to the hospital oh. and, and at one point she even says to the priest, I was going to hang out by her hospital room like I did with you. <laughs> She's like, I've got a new victim. Yeah. What are the odds What are the odds that twice in one year you know a coma person? Yeah. Like, firstly. She's like, oh, I've done this before. I know this is going to work out all right. She's just going to wake up and not know who she is. Yeah, and it'll be all right. I'll love her. <laughs> wow. Uh, no matter what. I also loved her million dollar baby, like her braids and mm-hmm. her boxer oh, yeah. braids. She, yeah, but she that. looked like a chimney sweep while she was hanging out at the at the hospital. I don't know why. She was covered in like soot. And, and bruises. It was meant to be bruises. It's not too bruises. It also looked a bit like bruises. Fresh bruises aren't black. Yeah. It also looked a bit like she had the chicken pox. Yeah, yeah like a fever as well. Like because she didn't have like dried sweat on her. But uh, yeah, look, I thought it was amusing because she just hung out. And then she went and hung out at a bus stop. 
Yeah, that's, her, that's her favourite thinking place. I'm sorry, that is really wrong and they need to change that. that they do uh, need to change it because I feel like the bikies, the Lassiters... She could, she, she could have walked mournfully down past the grove of trees. Yeah, yeah. but like, I feel like the Lassiters late lads should be hanging around at that bus stop. Exactly. Dodgily, not I, I young I just girl. remembered, I know a woman who like became a boxer. Like What? Well, not really, but so... Buried the lead on that one like I did with my dad's pigeons. <laughs> oh, but I, I completely forgot about it. So she actually did a course with a bunch of other women mm-hmm. on learning how to fight. And at the end of this course, they all fought each other. Oh, cool. <laughs> but yeah. but it was part of like, there was there was like a... Was this a special movie that you should come <laughs> So everybody's friends and families came along to watch them punch the crap out of each other and there was probably about 10 or so bouts that night but i remember yeah she had like the braids and everything yeah it was amazing see that's nice that her family went because Paige's family they weren't down no they were like look Paige, you're a pretty girl but you're not doing this all of those people learned how to box Mm. Yeah, and right. then they were actually teamed up against other boxers of oh. similar, uh, other people in the course of similar mm. um, fighting skills. They wouldn't go, awesome, let's go call Anthony Mundine. I've done my yeah, six yeah, week yeah. extensive mm. traineeship. But I'm e- ready to but go. Even then, even after that six weeks course, they were more qualified than Paige. Yeah, or she's done a skip rope a couple of times. So that spills over into the next day, and we leave them in hospital while this girl is unconscious. And, and Kyle just breaks yeah. many laws by just going to tell them things. Oh, in the same breath as saying I can't tell you because you're not family. Oh, but I'll just give you the I'll just give you the cliff notes. <laughs> yeah, so like, oh well, she's out in a coma, and that um, was yeah, no, that was definitely another dark day for Erinsborough Hospital. Also, um, you know, there could be criminal charges pending, unlikely, but there could be. Yeah. So that's even worse. That being said, I don't actually think he's their doctor. <laughs> I think he's true. just popping in on her and reading her file. To be honest, yeah, that's true. Maybe that's the loophole. Is it? I'm just a doctor, not her doctor. Yeah. Now we skip over. Madison has had the call of a lifetime, and we have just learnt about a new Lassiter's hotel that we never knew about. We knew about Lassiter's Abu Dhabi. We knew about Lassiter's Darwin. Darwin. Darwin's a big one. No, uh, well, Lassiter's New York, LA, uh, Dubai, which I do love that they've got two in the Middle East. Yeah, great. And we always hoped that the school is and toolies would have somewhere yeah. to go. I think yeah. that, there must be a Lassiter's Perth because Therese lived over mm. there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's a Lassiter's Gold Coast and they need a lounge singer. Oh, yeah, and apparently they need this 18-year-old. But I, I like how you called her a lounge singer because you would think that one qualification for being a lounge singer would be having a hit single maybe 20 years plus ago. Mm, yeah. And people go, oh, I remember him. Or maybe if oh, she'd that, been... that's Leonardo's bride or whatever. <laughs> or if she'd been a finalist in Idol or mm, X yeah. Factor or The Voice. Really? Because she's an Instagram star, right? Well, I think oh, well, actually... Not, not, not in Erin's Borough. No, but in, in, Actually, it started with YouTube. Apparently, she her these videos went viral of her um, making her eyebrows dance. Which I can do myself. Oh, really? I'd just like to point it's, out. Yeah. I, I wish she'd done that on Nathan. Oh, I know. I like, can see that. Ooh. In fact, <laughs> Kate's doing it. Kate's doing it. It's quite amazing. We'll, I, maybe I we'll um, no, turn, we're not. We're turn not. it into a gif. <laughs> you, could become a, you, could, you could become an online star. Yeah, I'm not quite as pretty as her, so that's okay. No, there's not many people. That not, no, one, <laughs> no one is. I think that it's possibly actually just what made her a star, not the dancing eyebrows. Just the pretty face. So are her eyebrows on fleek? Is that the situation? Well, they, they were a few years ago, so they, was, weren't, was, they, weren't, they probably weren't on fleek. It was before on fleek, and she's brunette in that video. But also, if Lasseter's Gold Coast had called her and said, we want your dancing eyebrows on stage every night of the week, I'm like, mm. great call. Yeah. Like, yeah. I would watch that every night. 
Yeah, and um, the Gold Coast is a place where there's extra alcohol. So I think alcohol only helps the, 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 the eyebrow dancing, doesn't yeah. it? As a side note, have you guys ever been up to the level 42 in Collins Street? the bar that overlooks there because that's how no. I kind of imagine the Lasseter's GC to be which is um just like a bit of a grand piano with like getting tinkled in the background while you're sitting there yeah. like in an 80s kind of lounge chair <laughs> sipping on a cocktail watching a view of something I imagine it's quite smarty I just went to the Gold Coast last week oh, oh yeah. yes yes fill us in Tell yeah. us so much like neighbors will be going to the Gold Coast yeah yeah neighbors went I'll, to the Gold Coast I went to just check it out for neighbors and you, so you stayed in a hotel didn't you Yes, I and what was the entertainment like there? Um, there wasn't any lounge singer. There was sort of a CD track playing as I walked into okay. the um, thing. And did you did pool. you see a meter reader? Oh, not yeah. not a meter reader, a meter maid. It's not <laughs> as sexy. No, there was a lot of roadworks happening though, so I think they might have ruined things. Oh no! Yeah. Did you go to um, Movie World on the Gold Coast? No, no, no. What just... about Wet and Wild? No, actually, Dream World. You've said the magic words there, Movie World. That's how Sophie Monk started. Yes, she yes. was a Marilyn Monroe impersonator at Movie World. Imagine that would be amazing if Movie World had called up Madison and said, yeah. "You could be our next Marilyn." Yes. Now she's got a big opportunity. She's flying up there for an audition. Who wants to come? Ben to play guitar and Zankan because that's to, to play Ben's guitar. Play Ben's guitar. That's her homeland, Zankan. But also, so I just don't understand. In the Robinsons book playbook. Lucy should just call her and say, there's a gig, get up there. You don't need yeah. to audition. No. Because she's related. And when you're a singer, they, you can hear the demo. Like she can. Yeah, that and if she just goes and she sucks, they'll fire her. Yeah. Mm, yeah. It, can you come and fill in for six weeks? Yeah. And then if you're good, you can mm. stay. And if you're not, we'll get rid of you. And frankly, love, you know Marsha Hines. You, know, <laughs> you, you don't actually not. have any charisma or repartee nah look and you know what in 10 years she might have a bit of life experience under her belt and she might be a bit sexier but right now she's quite young and i don't understand when aaron down the mine said to her this is what you want you do you want to be a singer she's like you know i do I'm like do we because no. if someone really wants to be a singer they're taking regular lessons they're in a choir mm-hmm. they're in their friend's band we've mm-hmm. seen her what sing once well, at this point, and, yeah. and she was shy. Yeah, you'd think and if someone unwilling. if someone wanted to be a singer, like she could have come in and had, or she they could have played up the YouTube thing. She could have had her own um, covers that she was doing on YouTube. There's people yeah. that have that thousands and thousands of followers just playing covers. Hmm. What's that app that people have now? The young Snapchat. People? No, the other Periscope. One. No, it's one where Instagram? they're singing in the mirror. <gasps> Musically. Yeah, so she could have done that. She could have yeah. done lots of things. Yeah, there's, there's more. Oh, apps. man, I've never heard <laughs> of this. Oh, man. Musically's Ace Fun. Actually, maybe that's what Ari was doing, the snaky man. He um, he was trying to recreate create like, a lo- like a prayer <laughs> for Musically because you stage a video clip and you do like the dancing to it and then it's perfectly in time. Yeah. We've skipped past it, but do you remember what pages? food was that she had to eat at Lassiter's? What the, the, the best that Lassiter's served her was half a banana? <laughs> and a bit of dry toast. <laughs> I was like, that's the best thing coming out of the Lassiter's kitchen and today. She, she turned her nose up at it and Aaron said, I made the kitchen do this specially for it, you. It was brown. It was like half a brown banana. <laughs> it had been cut for like about two hours. And I least... don't understand why they couldn't have just given her a whole banana and she ate half of it. And Aaron could have had the other half, like yeah. split the dip. Yeah, mm. yeah, no, no, that, that was actually somebody ate half a banana in their breakfast for, and room <laughs> service just chopped the end off and <laughs> served it again to Waste Paige. not, want not. <laughs> Tarage is running a tight ship at <laughs> Uh, and now we end Thursday into Friday. Um, Kyle. Coil. Oh. Surprise. 
always mm-hmm. calls back from I've Germany. I've been here clean, cleaning your gnomes. Oh, dear. She mitts off me gnomes. Notice that nobody here is happy that he returned. And I really... I'm indifferent. Who, yeah. Is there anybody who's happy that Coyle returned? Oh, I'm sure his agent was pretty wrapped. Um, um, I reckon Coyle himself was pretty happy to have a job back it, again. But it, it sounds like George is happy he's gone. Yeah. Oh, my God. Honest. What a dead weight that guy would be. Mm. Now, I didn't know Coyle was coming back till maybe 12 hours before well, that, it happened. I didn't know Coyle well, was coming back at all. Because <laughs> one of our um, tweeters, Sammy No Pants, tweeted Vaya and I saying that, look, Kylie's back. Like, no, no, that that was a misspelling. Well, that was the blurb for the show. That was the, the Foxtel yeah. blurb said Kylie's back. And, God, you don't want to be a, a random viewer and get a load of that. I mean, that's a letdown of, a, of all time. Yeah. yeah, and I was like, oh, sorry. It's coil. <laughs> he fills us all in on Germany. The update there is that it has beer and castles. And he's taken up slap dancing. Slap dancing. Is that even what you call that thing? The umpa dancing with the... The... Slap dancing sounds like a different thing. It does sound like a different <laughs> thing. Might be why George is not that He's in the red light districts. Um, <laughs> he wouldn't yeah. even know, would he? Like, he thought it's okay to come back while his ex-girlfriend's there, who he just ran off on. Mm. And I'll just take the couch. Don't worry. No. I'll just be there when she comes home. No worries. I'm just imagining now, instead of in later, later hosen, he's in, like, leather chaps or something doing that his being... slap dance. That being said, though, the last time he was there, um, the um, Lassiter's was crumbling. So he probably doesn't even know there's a hotel he could stay at. And another option of Paul's hotel. Yeah, no, he's not up to date. He doesn't even know. I remember last time he was here, he was like, oh, yeah, I've seen the world. <laughs> and now he's been to Germany. Now he's he's seen the rest of the world. He and Oh, and he's driven on the freeway. That's Oh, yeah, the, the autobahn and the exits yeah. say fart. And then Gaz was like, <laughs> fart. And I thought, actually, that's pretty accurate. That's what I'd expect out of Gaz. I, I really love it that they're persisting on pretending Bossy went with them. Like, yes. Oh, they didn't Because they, did, they didn't actually mention, she's probably still stuck in quarantine, because he mentioned that they've flown back to Singapore because Georgia had to do a conference. And then he was sulking because he didn't get to hang out with them. Like, mm. well, she was working. So cool your jets, mate. Mm. Go see some he's, sights. He's the worst man-child possible. And what did they do with the dog while they were both in Singapore? Well, now Bossy's a Bratwurst snob. Yeah, she likes Bratwurst now. He mentioned that. Oh, did he? Yeah, he did, yeah. Oh. Yeah, because then... he's a beer snob now. Oh, okay. Bossy's a Bratwurst snob. I actually, I would love a web series of Quail the Bogan and his Kelpie dog in Germany. In Germany. Yeah. And I love that they, they never... <laughs> like it could be like a, a mock Inspector oh, yeah. X. Yeah, I love it. That'd and they, they never mention which city in Germany. No, just just Germany. Yeah. Just... Um, Frank... <laughs> like when like when Janice Chandler told Janice and friends he was moving to Yemen he's, she's like what's your address he goes 15 Yemen Road Yemen, Yemen. He's, that's Kyle's address 15 Germany Road Germany Fart Germany <laughs> in the Germany Hills I did enjoy the heart-to-heart that he had with his dad. I thought that was perfectly awkward and cute mm-hmm. and exactly how Aussie blokes talk to their dads most mm-hmm. of them. Mm-hmm. He's trying to bond with his no good deadbeat dad. But I loved it because when he left, it was okay to hate Gary. Yes. And now it's not because Gary has pigeons. And the big cliffhanger of the week was that he sent – he admits to Colette Nan that he and Georgia aren't as rosy as as they thought they would be, picking up where their no, she, ruined uh, marriage had left off. She had to sit sad-faced in a bloody hotel room begging him to come to Germany. And they thought this was going to end, end up well. While it was crumbling around them. Hmm. And – then he fires off a text to Amy in the Blue Mountains going, let's have a chat. And he doesn't even give her context. Like if 
She, he didn't even say, P.S. I'm not in Germany at the moment. I'm actually. Guten Tag. <laughs> G'day, because he's in Melbourne. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, is that the giveaway? He's not. He's not texting in German. That's how she knows he's yeah, in yeah, Australia. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she now, doesn't have to use Google Translate. Now we'll wrap up with Madison is getting ready to leave and she keeps trying to mention backstory. It's as uh, if they're, Logan. Yeah, they're waiting for this last ditch attempt to give her some character and backstory. So personality. From, from a viewer's point of view, do we have a reason? Has she played any vehicle on this show? Like do we ever do we did we need her at all? She was just all- She was she kind of helped move along a few storylines yeah, as was, a minor player. She was Madison X Machina. She came mm. in and made two people talk that were fighting or made someone believe in themselves or mm-hmm. gave someone a hat. That was it. Um, yeah. And also, like, I mean, at the very start when Paul used her connections to the up- uploading to the Erinsborough News, mm-hmm. that, that, yeah, that kind of moved that storyline mm. along as well. But he could have done that with any other. He could have seduced a cadet. Which is what he did in the first place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He could, or he blackmailed a, or he just Bam- bamboozled one. Yeah. He could have done this because no one closes their computers mm-hmm. now. No, right. He no. could have done it for anyone. No. Yeah. So, so look, really, neighbours put the Instagram or the YouTube mm-hmm. star on and meh, she's yeah, just, she's a beautiful plot device and now her time is up and she's going and, but it did pave the way for the best line of the uh, week, which was Teraja's doling herself up for a hot date with Gazcan mm-hmm. and then Paul was hanging around and she, on her way out, she goes, stay away from my cat. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Mrs. Slocum. <laughs> uh, Just wrapping up the Madison storyline. So she's covered a split end song now and has chosen this because Aaron wanted her to choose a song that was reflecting her current emotional state with being upset over old mate Logan from the GC. Who in the promos looks just like another male model as well. He's pretty good looking. I have to say, he's, he's, yeah, she's done well. <laughs> but, um, yeah, look, I don't know. Do people really want to go to a hotel bar? to hear some rando poorly sing a very depressing song. In fact, that a Split Ends cover is exactly the sort of thing she should have been doing at the Waterhole, not yeah, Leonardo's yeah. Bride. Yeah. Uh, I, I want a bit, little bit more zazz or a I, little bit more sophistication. I think Neighbours is summed up by one of our, our youngest listener. Oh, yes. Our favourite youngest listener. Yeah, Matt has summed up Madison perfectly. And she has had no other issues this week apart from the character development of Madison. So... So, Jessie, take it away. Well, right now it's Madison because she doesn't really have a purpose on the show. Like this page because she's like Brad and Lauren's um, daughter that was taken away from them. But then there's just her that's kind of just the lost purpose. And it's just kind of a waste of time when they could find someone like really, like have a really good purpose for the show and take it places. But now it's just kind of just get her off the screen because it's just not a point for her. Hello, neighbours. It's Matthew Rimmer here calling from the UK. Just wanted to ring with my excitement over the big neighbours news this week, obviously, that Dee is returning after all these years. Now, when she went over the cliff with Toadie, um, I was sat in the sixth form common room at my school and a big cheer went round the room, which I thought was rather harsh. But anyway, I, I was upset. I'm just wondering, though, what name she'll come back with Will she be D Rebecca, her married name, because they were briefly married? Will she be D Bliss, going back to her maiden name? Or will she come back as Ted from the Salvation Army? That's the one I'm hoping for. Anyway, keep up the good work with the podcast, and I look forward to hearing your latest episode. Now, we'll finish off by discussing the biggest piece of news 
because that week kind of fizzled. We just ended yeah. on a montage and um, a text to Amy. The biggest piece of news that dropped during the I week. I am literally tingling because I have been calling for this very thing to happen for years now, haven't I? Yes. The whole time we, we've been tweeting neighbours, yeah. we have been talking about Zombie D. Zombie D. We've all, we all have. In fact, during the Neighbours versus Zombies episode, we were saying that mm. we've always wanted D to come back. Yeah. Let, were, yes. Let's 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 set the scene. Okay, so we ha- used to have a sassy nurse in our in Ramsey Street. She dated Darcy for a while. Ended up getting married to old mate Toby. Yeah, they had the classic. We're just friends. Oh, but there's something more. Yeah. We've got a bit of chemistry, yeah. and then a bit of a Beauty and the Beast relationship because oh, he's yeah, like, like, oh, sure. He, and he was definitely the Beast. On yeah, the he was like, this is my hot friend. She's never going to fall for me, and then yeah. she did. But she was. There was something really lovable about D. Yes. She wasn't ever earnest and annoying like. Um, Sonia, there was something she was. She was just up for a bit of fun, yeah. And she was as funny as him, but also happened to be quite beautiful. And I did love. I think they did end up. They did start with writing her in as Joel. Uh, what's her name? Joel, uh, Daniel McPherson's just hot bimbo girlfriend, and then yeah. she turned brought, out to have a comic talent. But she brought dimension and mm. comedy in. And I used to do comedy at the same time she did comedy. <gasps> really? So, yep. This this. The thing is, it's been such a long time since we've had D, but ever since then, I've always had a, like a soft spot for Madeline West. So yes. to me, that's a good legacy for your character that I still feel quite friendly about her this many years later. And they've announced that she's going to come back. And there's a lot of people online that are excited. They're like, I'm going to come back and have, and have yeah, a look. Yeah, it has created a massive buzz. It was trending on Facebook yesterday as well. So what do we think is going to happen? So is she going to come back in dream sequences? Or is she going to come back in, like, is she going to not actually be dead? Is, is or Tony she... going to have a fox-like moment? Yep. Or is did she actually have a twin sister that we don't know about? Ooh. Um, what else? Okay. So we, well, there was the Harold. There's the Harold okay. path, which is uh, shipwrecked in Tasmania. Okay. Mm-hmm. Hang on. Just Amnesia. just like to clear this up for UK visitors. Bass Strait. That um, mm-hmm. it's at the southern coast of Victoria, but there's there's a channel of water between Victoria and Tasmania. It's far, far wider than the English Channel. You can't <laughs> swim it. It's actually super rough. There's mm. like yacht races that go through there that people die. The most in. effective yeah. way to get from Melbourne to Tasmania is, is flying. or the cruise ship, <laughs> which is my an hus- overnight overnight ferry. My husband's going to sail around Tasmania in the in October. Really? Yes. Good. Has he got life insurance? Uh, yes, he does. Oh, good. good. <laughs> That's good to hear. And I must say it's overvalued on his actual birth. Oh, well. <laughs> But so he's for, Paul Robinson, remember? He's yeah. Paul Robinson. For, for Harold to um, do fly fishing and get swept off off the coast of Victoria and wash up in Tassie, no, that doesn't happen. He would just drown probably ten meters from shore. So yeah. she's washed over. The, I don't think she's going to be okay. a dream, and I don't yeah. think she's going to be a ghost. As much as I said, I've loved ghost visits from characters. I've I've always ever since it happened I've always been really annoyed by those circumstances of her disappearance and I'm not saying death because I always thought it was a disappearance yeah because Tony and Dee got married at Werribee Mansion which oh. is out west very or, it's very flat out there so so there's not much water near it well yeah no it is Werribee's got a beach and it's also got the oh, Melbourne wow. it's the also sewage farm um, does Werribee have pro- a beach. Yes, where do you reckon the poo goes? Oh, people don't go there because it smells like the sewage farm. Yeah. Also, yeah, so it, it handles so half of Melbourne's sewage. <laughs> anyway. But, but it does happen to be a beautiful mansion there. Yes, with gorgeous. Oh, yeah, it's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. Do the tour. Yeah, do the yeah, Rose Garden. Yeah. British tourists. And it's got the open plain zoo there as well. Mm. Anyway, but it's the thing is about the coastline there, it's very flat because it's going onto the bay. It's not like further along on the surf coast where there's cliffs or things like that. So when they were 
driving down the street and suddenly managed to fly off a cliff into the water yeah. was always implausible because basically you could just the 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 beach was only about you know maybe half a meter below road level it was there was always something very weird about it and because it's the bay it's not like it's a deep water port there the bay it, it, we've all swum in the bay you can generally walk out about 50 meters and still be kind of waist high mm. in water yeah. Yeah. It, mm. i don't know how all of toady's car got submerged for one, and B, how a body disappeared from there. And how Toadie was able to get out, but she wasn't. So, what's, mm. what do you, what, so what do you reckon? I don't know. I think I think she's going to have a twin we didn't know about. I think, oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. Like, um, has that happened before? Uh, it's a device. Uh, um, Kerry, Kerry yeah. Bishop had a lookalike. Yes, that's what I was thinking mm. of, Neighbours. I think, and this just goes back to the, my red folder theory, when Toadie was trying not to open the red folder, my theory is she's been in witness protection because... Again, they've had to fake her death and what better way to fake her death than an, an, a death that we don't really believe has happened. Um, and maybe Tony didn't know. Actually, no, and no, they've Tony, and maybe Tony they, was the only witness to this. So maybe um, maybe he does think it happened, but they had the, what are they called? The river police? The, the water rats? The water rats. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to think of that other Aussie show. They're, they're on Sydney Harbour, I'd just like to point out. Has actual surf and, and apparently a lot of drug smugglers. So the water rats have picked Dee up and um, smuggled her off into witness protection. Mm. Maybe it was like, well, actually, Harold Holt, Australia's Prime Minister in the 1960s, did drown in Port Phillip Bay oh. and his body was never recovered. Yeah. Mind you, that was near the heads. And, um, yeah, more likely he did get I found drowned. Out, I found yeah. out the other week that Kate was almost going to be a cartographer and that's why you know so much about land and maps and well no trust me this has pissed me off for years this holy shit because even this week i thought i'm going to try and find this road that yeah. Toadie allegedly drove down because in that whole area there's not that many roads that lead to the beach the perpendicular to the beach mm. um because there is the massive sewage farm, it's there is a lot of farmland there. There's and also there's a um, air force base in Point Cook. So th there's only like less than say six roads that, that kind of perpendicularly kind of end in the coastline there. And I couldn't find that street. And I actually went. I'm, I'm looking on Google Maps. I'm a bit worried about you right now, but keep going. Looking on Google Maps, I actually <laughs> looked down past like towards Geelong that way. I couldn't find anything. If anybody can work out where it is, it's driving me nuts. Is it Avalon? Like near Avalon? Um, it I'll, is near I'll Avalon. So it, there's all these kind of restricted areas that one, Toadie wouldn't have been able to drive down because they're... Um, why, why were they driving down there? I have no idea because there's nowhere to go there. It is the sewage farm. So, okay, my one working theory, which I stand by as witness protection, my second working theory is what if he thought, maybe what if he tried to kill it? What if he thought he'd gotten away with it all these years? Aww. And he was like, oops, she's gone. And he thought he'd gotten away with murder and she was swept away. Well, I, I, actually, I don't know if you can say that legally about Toadie. <laughs> I actually really like your witness protection theory in that he was on it, in on it completely. and But he didn't want to go into witness protection because he had his burgeoning legal career coming up and he mm. wanted to continue doing that. And the, the bad guys were really after her anyway. I have got... <laughs> Oh my I took God. a screen cap of oh, Google Maps. Your talents are wasted in this room. But you can see there's, <laughs> there's, very, there's a lot of fields here. There's the Air Force Base to the east. There's Werribee River and the Sewage Farm to the west. This is like cereal. Can I, can I ask cereal. a question? Oh, God. It's do, just... you, do you want to know where it was shot or where it feasibly was? <laughs> well, look, it was feasibly along this section of coastline here, which we'll put this up on Neighbours Pod. But you can see by the colour of the ocean... 
it's not deep there. You're assuming that what they do on Neighbours has to make sense. It, it is something that's just annoyed me for years, though. <laughs> but years. She's really I, passionate about I can, I can about handle, this. like, weird things like Lester is sponsoring a friggin' pigeon racing contest because at least that's over and done within, within a week, basically. But this this is just... I mean, I guess I guess I could have got hung on Harold coming back from the dead, but it was it was kind of the good news was, of him coming back after yeah. floating to Tassie. So but I think maybe that's it. Then it's so implausible that really that's all they could do at the time to squirrel her away. Okay, so I may have gone a little bit JFK conspiracist in the, when we recorded the podcast, but I think that the main point is is that in, over the last thirteen years, it's just really riled me that it was basically geographically impossible for Toadie to drive his car that deep into the water. So, um, having a look at the uh, Zapruder-esque footage again, um, you can see that Toadie's car. Is, is floating in the water initially and it takes a while for a car to actually sink. So what happens if maybe Toadie blacked out when the car landed and then when we see him come up again, the, the car has actually fully submerged and Dee is gone. So what if in, in between the time he's blacked out and he comes to the surface, which could be a matter of, you know, five minutes, some stranger has come in and rescued Dee and taken her off and maybe had her locked in his back shed for the last 13 years or so. Anyway, that's just another theory on what maybe happened to Dee. Okay, so I've got a little quiz here that I'd like to give Vaya and perhaps this could become part of the podcast. Okay. The first question on the Neighbours pod quiz is, (laughs) who is your first Neighbours crush? Oh, Billy Kennedy. Yeah, there you go. It's easy. (laughs) Um, Your favourite all-time character? Oh, oh, that is, oh my God, really? Does it rhyme with Rue Harpender? <laughs> no, I thought you were going to say Schmed Schmillis. Um, okay. Uh, I think it might have to be oh, Susan or or not lately. Or um, back to Billy Kennedy, Anne, Anne Wilkinson. Anne Wilkinson. Anne Wilkinson. Who's your favourite character? No, no. <laughs> Nina Tucker. Sorry, oh, oh, God. What? Oh, my God. She was like bloody the OG um, friggin' Madison. Okay, Anne Wilkinson, go. Um, who's your favourite character at the moment? Ned Willis. <laughs> <laughs> Which house would you live in if you lived on Ramsey Street? Ooh. That's easy. <laughs> I don't think Ned has to raise a Tourage's house. Also, Ned has made poor life choices lately. Tourage's house. Okay. Willis house. And what was your favourite neighbour's moment of all time? Oh, come on. This is in 30 plus years. I know mine. But I won't say it because it's okay, not mine. Okay, yeah. okay. Favourite moment of all time. Possibly Julie, um, what's her name, getting pushed off the balcony. That was one of the most amazing. Oh, yeah. mm. Big one, big one, big one. She, was, right. a, she was a mole. <laughs> it was really satisfying. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so mm. I'll send you those questions. Oh, my God. Did you make that up? Yeah. I think she's just doing it just then. I did it just then. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what a treat that was. Look at you, like, oh, I've been asked questions about Ned. I did not skip a beat when it came to Ned Willis. It was like, Ned Willis. Oh, Billy. I know, look, I know what I like. That's all I can say. Uh, And it's a young man on Ramsey Street. (laughs) No, they're all, hey, whoa. (laughs) Mind you, I was Billy's age when I went to meet him at High Point City Shopping Centre. No, actually, he was my age. 
Okay, he was like two years older than me. Yeah. <laughs> my my biggest moment like that was I went to meet um and these one of these people has actually become worldwide successful. Yeah. Um, but I went to meet Dita Brummer and Melissa George. Oh, I'm so jealous. Shane and Angel. Yeah, Shane oh, and Angel. Of the soap we dare not speak its name. Yeah, yeah. and I I lined up for a while. It was at the opening of the Sports Girl Centre in um. Oh, Turak. No, um, like. Uh, Chapel Street. Chapel Street. Yeah. Um, and uh, it was pretty exciting. And they signed something, and I've lost it. Billy Kennedy, Jesse Spencer was also my first kiss. It was on the cheek, but oh wow! At high point when I got his autograph. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> Did you say, "Can you please kiss me"? I think I must have. Oh my god! <laughs> or he was just overwhelmed, and he and he wanted to. Whatever. Oh, I was going to say whatever happened to him. Oh, that's right. He became quite successful. <laughs> Um, More successful than Anne. What's Anne doing? I'm now just cringing oh, at my own awkwardness. Oh, she was on the Lawrence Mooney show. D- Dirty Laundry. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, she needs to come back. Anne needs to come back. We're going to ask you guys both these questions, but on a different episode. Okay. I-, I would like to do this yeah, again. Yeah. And let's do this again. Yeah, I'll send it to you. We'll leave now on a great little piece of audio sent to us by Father Bananas, Haley from The Art of Neighbours. She has usually good at the drawing arts but now she's doing the singing arts mm. she's done a little cover of speaking of ned willis's mother she's done a torn cover oh wow as we wait for ned willis to send us his own rendition of torn oh this is so exciting our inbox is, is open neighbourspod at gmail.com <laughs> this is it's called doped and it's about the recent pigeon doping scandal of Ramsey Street. <laughs> I love it. Let's go. So we'll check in with you in a couple of weeks. We've been Vaya, CJ and Kate. We're at Neighbours Pod on Twitter and we'll leave you with doped. Goodbye. I thought I saw a bird brought to life. It was grey, it flew around and it was dignified. It showed me what it was to fly. The others couldn't be the birds that I adored. Sold once a cow, sold once a toad, then they got killed by Paul. Now they don't know birds anymore, but I'm afraid I told a lie. My racing pigeon, it flew high. Now the prize money's gone, nothing's fine, it's told. My bird is off its face, so high it can feel. Now I feel ashamed that my victory's no more Illusion of a race And Clementine's next meal I'm horrified my bird up in the perfect sky is dope The celebration's late It's already dope